You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors come to share their stories, insights and tips. Now, back to you, Chris. And now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Lisa Longball Bluswick. Let me remind you a little bit about Lisa's background. She is now an eight-time Canadian long drive champion. She's a 15-time World Long Drive finalist, and she finished second in 2009 and 2011. She set the Canadian Long Drive record at 350 yards, 2 feet, 2 inches. She's the first woman to ever hit it over 350 yards in competition. She's also a wonderful keynote speaker and a golf entertainer, and I'm very excited that she's back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Lisa, thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, Chris, I'm absolutely honored. I've been looking forward to this all season. I appreciate you. Lisa, it's been a little while since we got to have you as part of the show, so catch us up. What's been going on with you so far this year? Oh, wow. You know, it's been super exciting since I was last on your show. I, I, I was I had just signed with Callaway Golf in a new endorsement deal at the time, which was pretty cool. But Chris, what was was um, absolutely amazing, I received a call this uh, uh, past winter uh, from Callaway Golf Apparel. So that's actually under the Perry Ellis brand. And they were doing a sh- uh, catalog shoot for their fall 2018 apparel line. And they said, Lisa, we'd love for you to be uh, to be our um, to be our cover model for that for the for, for women. And so I was just blown away. So I was flown down to Dallas. And uh, we did a photo shoot. We actually, they rented out the Dallas Cowboys golf course. And uh, we were there for 12 hours and we shot to 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I think, uh, holy cow, I think it was like 26, uh, 36 outfits. It was just absolutely unbelievable. And if you look at the the current right now, the fall 2018 catalog, um, you, you'll, you'll see my image on the front. So, again, just blown away, Chris, because here I'm a mom, you know, um, and, and it just shows that Cowley really believes in, in moms as athletes. And, uh, I, I, again, just absolutely honored. To that end, Lisa, when you know, when uh, we talked last time, you had just sort of switched over to your point from Nike to Callaway, yeah. and you had the Epic driver. So I'm curious, did you put the Rogue driver in play this year? Oh, oh, you bet I did. That became my gamer, and I have to tell you, it also has the jailbreak technology. And what I also saw on the rest of my bag for the first time, the jailbreak technology in the Rogue line uh, is, is in the Fairy Woods and the Hybrids. And Chris, it is unbelievable. I was playing with my husband uh, a couple weekends ago, and I sometimes, you know, when I want to make sure I keep it in play and don't want to be laying three off the tee, I pulled out my uh, my fairway wood, and I hit it 300 yards off the tee. And yes, I'm a wow. little driver, but man, I, exactly, that's what I said. I, we, my husband literally paced it off because he's like, come on, you know, and so it was. It, absolutely, that, that jailbreak technology to me has been just fantastic. And although I love my Epic, the Rogue it just has, gives me that little bit more uh, ball speed that I was looking for. And, and yeah, I put it into play right away. And uh, uh, for any of your listeners out there, again, they'll see huge gains as well in, the, in those fairy woods and hybrids. So when you, w- when you went from Nike to the Epic and now Epic to Rogue, how much more distance did you get in each one of those steps? Oh boy, I would say I got, uh, the first step would be, I, I, I saw at least kind of like a 10, 12 yard difference in the first one. And I was, and I'm looking at, to moving to the rogue driver, another, and I said another eight yards, uh, moving on. Wow. And again, in our sport, that's absolutely huge. You know, I lost the world title, uh, in 2011. I came second in the world to Sandra Carlberg, our reigning world champion by three yards. So, you know, uh, like, again, it's, it's, it's those yards, those two, three, four, five, eight yards, that, that's the difference between a world title and 10th place. And Lisa, when you're out playing, like you mentioned a moment ago, with your husband, same driver that you use in competition, or is it different when you're in competition? Do you have a different settings, different shaft, that sort of thing? 
Yeah, excellent question. You know what? I, I did. So I, I've done a few, like a, a Monday qualifier for the LPGA Tour uh, for the Canadian Women's Open. And when, when I first I switched back down to like a play style driver, which would be a 45-inch shaft. I uh, Of course, the USGA allows up to 48 inches. And of course, our uh, World Long Drive Association always conforms. All our equipment uh, is conforming. And if, when we check into any of our competitions, uh, all our equipment is checked prior to competing. Um, so I actually uh, tried to switch down to that 45, but you know, I've swung tens of thousands of times with my long drive club. So actually when I play uh, um, on a regular golf course, I use my 48, 48 inch driver. I maybe take to take it down a little bit of a step, but I, I feel so much more comfortable and confident with that. And, and I'm hitting fairways. So um, I, I'm excited to put, yeah, I definitely put that long driver into, into play. And Lisa, unfortunately I read a post on social media regarding you not being able to defend the Canadian uh, Long Drive Championship and compete in the World Long Drive Championship. You got a little rotator cuff injury going on. That's got to uh, be heartbreaking. Chris. It, uh, when you say heartbreaking, literally tears. And, you know, maybe I should knock on wood because this is my first injury uh, in 17 years of competing. Um, you know, so maybe I should be consider myself really lucky. But uh, I was so proud that, you know, since we last spoke, I won my eight Canadian long drive title uh, just outside of Toronto. So super proud of that. And then I flew down directly down to World Championships last year. I was top five in the world in 2016. Actually, for the first time, we had shut the Americans out uh, because uh, typically our Americans are some of our stiffest, stiffest competition on the World Long Drive Circuit. So that was just a first time for that, which was crazy. And then last year, I just started to feel the beginning of a rotator cuff problem, and it started to surface a little bit at World Championships. I had a top 10 finish, but I was definitely disappointed, um, you know, not placing top five as I had the year before. And um, and then over the, the off-season, I kind of rested it a little bit, came back to compete uh, at the World Long Drive Tour. There's a tour event, or sorry, tour stops for the World Long Drive Association. This year, the tour stops were in Mesquite, Nevada, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, Tennessee, and Atlanta. Uh, City and of course culminating with our world championships in uh, Sacreville, Oklahoma next week. But I went to the Phoenix event and I really struggled. I felt a lot of pain after I competed. Um, I had to stop hitting between sets. I, you know, I couldn't even uh, do up my seatbelt, taking my right arm and reaching across my body to do my seatbelt up in the car or, you know, taking anything off over my head just really was a lot of pain and I couldn't sleep on that side. So finally I realized I really needed to take care of it. So I've been going to physiotherapy, doing laser light therapy, uh, active release therapy every single week, sometimes twice a week, and just recently, and that's been since May, just recently I've started to feel some gains and some improvement, and I'm back to, I'd say, about 80 85%. But when I consulted with my doctor, you know, we just decided that if I if I go compete now, which means smashing buckets as hard as humanly possible, I'll probably regress, and it'll take me another six months to come back to where I am right now. And our first event of the year is going to be in uh, probably April in Mesquite. Uh, so, you know, we decided that if I really want to have longevity in this career, uh, I need to to give it a rest this, uh, this, this year. So, unfortunately, I won't be going this weekend to defend my Canadian title, and I won't be competing at my first world championship since 2001. So, absolutely heartbreaking but I but I am Chris I've now gotten to the point you know what I'm excited for 2019 I've already started my my routine my workout to kind of get myself prepared to so I can be in the best shape possible for uh for when that first tour event hits Lisa switching gears a little bit and you're such a wonderful ambassador of the game and you do a wonderful job helping bring more women into the game whether it's through being the Canadian lead for women's golf day or all the clinics that you do. I'm curious, are you starting to see, are more women starting to take the game up and keeping it as a game of a lifetime? How are you seeing participation 
amongst women? Oh, another great question, Chris. You know, I definitely, I am seeing an increase. I have been so proud to be the Canadian lead on the Women's Golf Day Initiative. You know, this, we, we, we the number of courses and countries that, that started to participate uh, in, in Women's Golf Day this year just exploded exponentially. So it was so exciting. And even just, um, again, at, at golf courses, I'm starting to see more women out there. And I do a lot of uh, corporate and charity, charity golf tournaments as a golf entertainer. And before, it used to be 80, you know, 80, 85% of attendees were men. And, the, you know, the women were back in the office uh, doing the, you know, the office work while the guys were doing the networking. And now I'm starting to see, you know, 75% of tournaments starting to be uh, women or, or even all, you know, foursomes of all women at some of these corporate and charity events. So I'm definitely seeing an increase. And I hope this is just a tr- tr- tradition that uh, continues because, Chris, you know, I think one a factor, at least in, in, in Canada, hopefully North America and abroad, um, would be little Brooke Henderson. Canadian Brooke Henderson, you know, she had the weight of a nation on her this past weekend for the LPGA Tour event at the Canadian Women's Open, the CP Canadian Women's Open uh, in Saskatchewan, and she brings home the title with a four-stroke margin. She is the first Canadian to bring home the national title uh, since uh, 1973. So for her to do that, I think that when all these young girls are watching, she, she not only inspired young girls and women, but I think also you just uh, golfers in general. When, when they see a story like that, and they see you know a young girl achieve so much success, I, I think I think it, it gets more people into the game, and and definitely more women into the game. And Lisa, talking about the events that you do, and and I was curious, and we talked a little bit about this last time, but I'm always curious when you're out there playing in a pro am or in a corporate event, and you're teamed with you know at least two, maybe three other men in the foursome that you're playing in. Do, uh, what are the men like to, when you're playing? <laughs> I used to get one of two responses. When I get up there, first of all, step up to the same tees that they're hitting from, and, you know, they kind of do the double take. And then if I blast at 30, 40, 50-plus yards by them, then they either are asking me a million questions and want to know about it, or they're kind of I've – had, I've had a few guys that kind of literally walk on the other, other side of the fairway and don't really want to talk that much, you know. But usually it's the guys <laughs> are asking a million questions. <laughs> but it, it's quite fun, you know. It really is quite fun. It, it, it's so funny, though. Often, again, I'll be my, – my husband and I will go play, and we will get paired with two guys. And I, I call it the look. You know, the attention comes up to me, the starter introduced us, that we're our playing partners, and they, they kind of roll their eyes like, oh, okay, they got stuck with the chick, you know, right? So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny. That, uh, and then once, once we're on the first tee, usually usually the, the, the story changes a little bit. But, and, that, and again, that, 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 that's always really humorous. So, Lisa, I, I got to get a couple of tips from you before we let you go. And, you know, obviously we're all searching for more distance. When you're when you're doing one of your one of your clinics, what are some of the mistakes that you see we amateurs do that is costing us yards? Oh, two. I would say two in particular. One, one more for so for women would be. Um, I, I would say that eighty percent of women can't hit it over two hundred yards. And in my opinion, it's because women are, tend to be arms lifters versus turning their body. They don't create coil and torque. They're a little bit more flexible than their male counterparts, so they lift their arms. All they can do is drop their arms, and uh, you know they'll hit it one hundred and fifty yards straight down the pipe, but they'll never be any longer. So if you want to know if that's you, if you're one of the listeners, does your eight iron go as far as your seven iron goes as far as your six iron? If the answer is yes, you're an arm lifter. What I see from my guys, I see that my guys will make a good turn, but the problem is once they, they make this good turn, and that's what creates coil and torque, because of course, Chris, what leads to distance, distance with any of your clubs, not just drivers, is the ability to create club head speed, club head speed and ball speed, and you need to have coil and torque in your swing, so guys will make a good turn, but where the guys make a mistake for a big power leap, when they get to the top of their backswing, their first move in their downswing is that back shoulder, because they're trying to muscle it and kill it, you know, kill the golf ball, and that, that absolutely 
kills the distance because their upper body ends up outreaching their lower body. Coil and torque is lost. Sometimes there's that big hard pull. And again, usually they're, they're, they're gripping it quite uh, intensely as well. Like that's another a big power leap. Um, if you talk to any of the competitors at the World Long Drive Championships next week, uh, um, they would tell you one of the biggest keys to, to more distance relax your grip pressure. Tension is a club head speed killer. So I, I recommend for all golfers that right before you do your takeaway, take a deep breath out, just a deep breath, you know, breathe out. By breathing out, that relaxes your tension in your forearms, your hands, and you'll, again, you'll become more supple and, and you will be able to gain more club head speed versus tense, uh, tense muscles. And Lisa, you put a simple golf tip out on your Twitter feed about using foot spray to check oh. your club face impact point. Talk about that. Yeah. That's the best $5 fix, Chris, that you'll get in your golf swing this summer. What you want to do is just go out and buy a can of foot spray. And then uh, the key, the reason you want to buy that is you, it's for impact. Because if you want to hit the ball longer, what's going to help you the fastest also hit it longer is center of face contact. I find if, if, if amateurs would look at where their ball pattern is, uh, where they hit it on the club face, sometimes it's on the toes, sometimes it's heel, high face, low face. The more you're getting center of face contact, now you're maximizing your equipment and you will hit longer golf shots. So again, what you're going to do, you're going to get that can of foot spray. You're going to hold it about a foot, two feet away from uh, uh, the club face. And you can do this with any club face, driver, iron, fairy wood, fibers. Give it a little spray, just a light mist so that it's coated lightly. You're going to take a swing. After you swing, take a peek at your club face and see where did you impact it. And if it's not center face, you know, make a few more swings and adjustments until you get to that point. But it's also a great teacher in that, let's say you're hitting all your shots off the heel. Maybe you're standing too close to the ball. Maybe you're hitting all your shots off the toe. Perhaps you're standing too far away from it. So, again, it's a quick little lesson and really helps you quickly uh, find the center of the club face and, again, get more yardage. Lisa, let our listeners know where where are you going to be speaking this winter? What do you what have you got coming oh. up where our listeners can go and find you? Oh, Chris, I'm super excited. I'm actually, I just opened, so I've been doing a, for five years, I've run a golf school in the United States uh, uh, for women. It's a three-day golf school. I've done it in Phoenix and Las Vegas, and so I'm going to continue to do one in Phoenix, uh, March 7th to 10th, 2019, but I've added one in Orlando. I had so many girls on the East Coast of the United States, a lot of New Yorkers and, you know, uh, even the Midwest, kind of the Chicago area and, and, and Atlanta, a lot of ladies saying, gosh, Lisa, I'd love to come out to your school. So I, I this year, I added an Orlando school. So uh, February um, uh, 21st to 24th, I'm doing a, a golf school in Orlando, Florida. Um, can't wait. And it's my first one, again, on the, on the eastern side of the country. So would love to see anyone. And, and again, if they want any information on that, they can definitely check that out at my website, which is www.lisalongball.com under school. And Lisa, how about on social media? How can we keep track of all the great things you're doing on social media? Oh, well, you know what? I, I would love to connect with, with audience members, especially if they have any questions or just want to share anything with me uh, on Twitter uh, and Instagram. I'm at Lisa Longball because if I was Lisa Bluswick, uh, no one would uh, be able to spell it or find me. So I'm at Lisa Longball, <laughs> Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> and on Facebook, add me as a friend. You know, I've got a, I've got a page, but feel free to add me as a friend. I'm at uh, I'm Lisa Longball Bluswick. Um, so again, I, I, I love to, to have a back and forth conversation with people. So welcome people on social media and, and sure, and sh- I sure enjoy following your social media, Chris. You are so positive out there in the golf world and, and, you know, always have your, your finger on the pulse of what's going on, but always promoting people so positively. So thank you for what you do to give back to this sport, Chris. I appreciate you very much, Lisa. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night. It's always fun having you as part of the show. I hope uh, you'll come back soon, share more of your stories, your insights, and, and let us know all the great things you're doing because you're fantastic, Lisa. 
I can't wait, Chris. And again, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Take care, Lisa. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. You as well, Chris. That is uh, Lisa Longball Bluswick. And uh, again, check out check her out online at lisalongball.com and then follow her on Twitter and Instagram. Great stuff. She's always doing something, you know, whether it's a clinic or, like I say, you know, what a wonderful ambassador she is and being the Canadian lead for Women's Golf Day, promoting the game, uh, you know, attracting more and more women, young girls to the sport, which we obviously need. Uh, she is absolutely amazing and doing great things. And hopefully... She gets, she gets that uh, rotator cuff healed up and she can get back out there and get in these long drive contests again. But uh, what a wonderful human being. Look forward to having her back soon.